Welcome back to another episode of the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. We're here in the middle of Horror Week 2023 at Capes and Tights. This episode features Paul Eaton from Galactic Comics and Collectibles, a regular on the podcast who does our movie reviews with us to review Killer Clowns from Outer Space from May 27th of 1988 by the Chiodos Brothers. We discussed how this movie affected us, the great things, the negative things, all that stuff, and gave it a score at the end. We also talked about horror movies in general, the horror industry in general, horror comics, horror books, all that stuff, as well in this episode. And there's a little surprise uh, discussion at the end. If you hold, your, hold yourself to it and listen to the whole thing, there's a little surprise there for you as well, where we talk about something that Paul and I are doing. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, Killer Clowns from Out of Space, our, our movie review episode for Horror Week 2023. Find out more at Horror Week. It's capesandtights.com slash horror week. But also like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Blue Sky. Subscribe, rate, and review all those things over at Apple and Spotify and all your major podcasting platforms. But this is Killer Clowns from Outer Space Movie Review with Paul Eaton from Galactic Comics and Collectibles. Enjoy, everyone. I guess we're just going to leave this in, too. Welcome to the podcast, Paul. Welcome back. Actually, it's Welcome really back. weird. It's really weird because we recorded the last time we recorded a... a um, movie review was like a month ago but the actual episode doesn't drop until the week that we're recording this which is like wednesday (laughs) it's just funny it's like i'm like we literally are going to be talking again before your episode about howard the duck actually airs but that will actually air the wednesday recording this versus the wednesday prior to this episode coming out so you get two wednesdays in a row paul oh baby because this is the middle of the week episode on horror week here at the podcast uh, we've had some pretty cool guests on this week so far with Jeremy Dauber talking horror, what scares us, really, horror books, horror movies, all that stuff. He's writing a book uh, to come out about what scares us. We talked to Joseph Schmalky. Nice. You know that guy, right? You familiar with I, that I might know him. Name sounds yeah. familiar. He writes some scary horror book type stuff. Uh, mm. And then we got this that episode. And tomorrow's episode is with Adam Caesar. I actually had this book right here randomly, uh, who wrote Clown in a Cornfield and Clown in a Cornfield 2 and the upcoming Clown in a Cornfield 3. Uh, he's also wrote Dead Mall. At, Dead Mall. At, at I haven't read Dead Mall yet. That's on my to-do list. I think it's it's a great story. It's a great book. I I think it's Adam. Adam, we love you. Uh, David Stoll's art in there is phenomenal, in my opinion. Just the way he does them all. He's the one that did the uh, floor plan or, or like architectural floor plan for um, Me, you Love in the Dark. Me, you Love in the Dark, because he has a background in that. So he did the floor plan yeah. and architectural drawings for the Mall of Dead Mall which is pretty badass so that they could figure out like, where they write, when they tell the story, where they go, what the next room is. And I never thought about that, honestly, until I started talking. Me about either. It. I was like, yeah, it just, makes perfect you, sense. You'd have to have a plan because you can't just be like writing it and them stumbling along and then yep. be like, Oh wait, what was in this aisle, you know, here, it makes perfect sense. But yeah, I never thought of it. I never would have thought of it for me. Love in the dark with this house. Mm-hmm. Like it is, and it does make me wonder how many more things do they do that for? Is that a common trend? I don't think it is. And I think it's what happens is people write themselves into a position where they're like, oh crap, we have to go X, Y, and Z. And that includes like a world twig for an example. Yeah. He goes on a journey. You have to, you have to map that journey out. And I bet Scotty did so that people know, like, say like, uh, yeah, sex where on a movie are. or a TV show, you watch the office, you have to kind of like what, where the offices are compared to the other offices. Cause you can't point over here and then actually have the office be over there and the same thing like seinfeld when they're like walking from jerry's apartment because obviously that's a set right but when they they walk to to kramer's they have to be like okay kramer's is across the hall but actually his set is actually not across the hall probably next to it 
but they have to like right. map these things out. And I'm sure that some people write themselves into a into a panic because they don't know. <laughs> They're like, oh, where crap, people we are have anymore. to. Yes, yeah, exactly. So what? I'm sure surprised. Um, Middle West didn't have like a full map. Yeah. Of where they were going, in that that would have been kind of cool to open the the trade up and have a big map of it. Did they do an omnibus of that yet? They did. They did. I was like wondering uh, if they put it in the omnibus. We've sold not out of omnibus. it like over and over again. But it's not in the omnibus. It's an omnibus. It's not a big hardcover, but it's a, okay. a really thick paperback. Okay. Just, uh, sometimes trades. they add in the throws, throws things yeah. they add in somewhere or something like that. Like it'd be no, almost kind of cool if they think... did a hardcover. You know, like on the inside mm. of a hardcover book, they have that. It's like obviously the hardcover part, and then they have that like the stronger, almost like cardstock piece of paper, and then the book starts. Yeah. That was cool if on that it was like like a simple map, not like an actual detailed yeah. map, but like a, I don't know, topographical kind of map on the inside of the cover would be kind of Give cool. Give you an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it just had the like X on the pinpoints and like mm-hmm. the little lines of where they went. Yeah. Because I wonder if like, Stephen King runs into this, talking about horror stuff here. I wonder if Stephen mm. King runs into this at all, where like if you actually Google <clears> it, it's actually kind of hard because no one really has an actual, like they all mess with each other and they actually don't have a concrete reasoning behind this like where is Gary where is Salem's Lot where is all these things in Stephen King's lore and there's a map right. but then you look at someone else's map and it's like well they have something way up here in the county and they have Derry here and Derry's actually not in Maine it's actually more like Newport and then there's another one where like Salem's Lot's here but actually it's over here and it's weird and in the movies for Salem Lot mm-hmm. it's like they keep on mentioning Bangor but in the book they mention Portland like it's more, it's closer. To Anybody from not from Maine's gonna be like, I don't know what the hell you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they don't know what any of it is. Anyway, like, so just names. They towns. say Bangor. Bangor is two hours north of Portland, and so like they say, oh, we're gonna go to the movies in Bangor, and it's like if you lived, if it was towards Portland, you wouldn't drive two hours to go to a movie. You'd go to Portland. So it was just kind of weird how they decided to change this. <laughs> We'd have to have a really good movie playing here. I just wondering if Stephen <laughs> King ever actually has that jotted down, where he doesn't care. Right. They pr- you know probably I mean? not, especially back then. With so much of his writing taking place in like the in the eighties, and we mm-hmm. didn't have you couldn't do it like you know there was no Google Map then there wasn't anything to like look over and I bet it's a lot easier these days if you're gonna do that kind of stuff especially set in a real world where yeah. like it's all made up for Maine but it, there's all these pinpoints in it. Which um, I actually honestly hate the fact I love Stephen King and his, his books are great. I hate the fact that everything's a fake town. Why didn't you just like, and they but they use real towns? That's the other part. It's like right. they don't just use fake towns like Gotham or, or you know, it's fake towns in borderlines or around. They mention Kittery, they mention Portsmouth, New Hampshire, they mention Portland, they mention Bangor. Like you're making fake towns in a t- it, but you're using real towns to it. It's just it always confused me. Why can't you just call Dairy Maine Bangor Maine? Like I just don't right. understand why you couldn't do that. But whatever. yeah, because so much of so much of it takes place in Bangor that it's definitely yeah, like and, feels like it's right here. But that's and if, if I ever a comic book in the future, which I'm hoping it one day I will, which will be based in Maine, and I'm gonna use real towns, fake people, yeah, maybe fake street names or things like that, just so people like aren't like this is the house from whatever, right? You know, I would rather have it be like, but like the town of <clears throat> Orrington or Bangor or whatever should be. I don't know. It's just nice if you're gonna use Maine as your backdrop, you should use Maine as your towns. Like it just makes sense. But we're not here to talk about Stephen King and Maine and all that stuff. We're here to talk about yeah. What what exactly does Stephen King have to do with killer clowns? <laughs> He, what, what does he have a clue? He had the killer clown in one of his. He movies. does have a killer clown. I don't think it's the same clowns. No, it's not. Did you see at Bangor Comic and Toy Con about the when Art the Clown flipped off Pennywise? Mm. That was like that was honestly awesome. it might have been the highlight of the entire weekend because this is so like <laughs> main for us. We're all like, like and Art the Clown is just like this gr- grungy, you know, 
R-rated clown, for example, or I want to say mm. unrated clown, but he just walks by Pennywise and gives him the finger. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> so amazing. That was awesome. But uh, you know, killer clowns, killer clowns from out of space is what we're here to talk about. This is our, this this month's, I guess we're having two this month, movie review. Uh, yeah. And we're doing killer clowns from out of space. I, funnily enough, it's a highly rated movie on like, I was surprised at that. I did a little research on that and was surprised at how much positive like reviews this movie has and everything. Um, I I love this as a childhood movie. Like I saw this when I was I don't know seven, eight, and it's the only like horror movie. It's one of the only horror movies I ever saw as a kid. But this is this is probably can like would be much closer into comedy than horror. Yes, but it's it's a it's a slasher movie. Okay, it's a slasher horror movie from the from 1988. It came out May 27th, 1988. I was just over mm. two years old when this movie came out. Um, but it 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 doesn't take itself too seriously, if that makes any sense. So like not it's comedy, all. but it's not like straight up comedy. It's but it's yeah. also not straight up horror. It's one of those ones where it's like if you aren't into horror that much, it's like okay, I can get the funny jokes and the things and the in the making almost making fun of itself. In a sense yeah. that, like, every single one of us sees this, this, these uh, outer space alien attacks kind of movies as these tip- prototypical Area 51 aliens, right? Like, that's just what yeah. you picture. And then you see a horror movie, you're like, okay, this is what the slasher and the horror villain looks like. And they kind of like bo- put both of them on their heads. Like, they both like turn upside down what they're, what you're looking at. And that's what I yeah. it was impressive about this movie was like, it wasn't, it didn't fit one genre. It perfectly fit in couple. And it, it's not my favorite movie. It's not my favorite horror movie. It's not my favorite comedy movie, but it was good. It was definitely good, and I think it's uh, it's something we should watch because it's it's also become a cult classic. Yeah, this has a huge cult following. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. we went to uh, Spirit Halloween this weekend, and they have an entire Killer Clowns from Outer Space like setup. They have the costumes. They have like an animatronic one. They have the weapons in the movie you can get. Like it's it's pretty impressive the staying power of this movie mm-hmm. when like. I, I wonder what the guys, the, the brothers that made this movie thought this was going to like, did they think this was going to take off as a cult classic? It did. I think so. Well they had a planned sequel. They did have a sequel yeah. that was like talked about being made and then it ended up they're, flopping or failing. They're still but, talking about making a sequel to it. Yeah. Which, to this which day, is apparently. one of the things I wanted to bring up on this episode now that you're talking about this is that I'm actually somewhat surprised. Okay. The movie turns 25, turned 25 this year, right? No, turned 35 this year. 35. Right. Oh. Turned 35 crap. years old this year. That they haven't tried a – is this one of those movies that you really can't? Because then they're going to try to make it too funny or too graphic. It's like the movie has to stay right. where it is. It's, like, it's honestly like we never want to – I never want to see a remake of Back to the Future. I wouldn't right. want a sequel of sorts like Marty's Kids or Doc's Kids or something like that. I don't have a problem with that. If we did this movie again, would they try to use too many too much CGI and enough practical effects? Right. Are the practical effects bad enough that if you make a movie in 2025 that it's it might I mean, look like really, I don't know if it's possible had, to redo this movie. Right. You had the filming technology back then is what it is that that helped aid in hiding the practical effects part of it where the practical effects don't look bad in this movie. Like I, I love them, honestly. I, yeah, oh me too. And and what's what they are is supposed to be goofy, so it's okay yeah. that they're goofy looking. Um but yeah, if you're doing this in like because I, I watched the DVD version release yeah. of this. Um, so it was fairly clean. Um, but, you know, if you did this now, I feel like it might be too clean. Mm-hmm. Or the clowns 
what if you made them still having the same like costumes and stuff from then might just not look good in a high definition filming yeah. like they might and look stupid i i really enjoyed it the new it the the remake of it in 2017 yeah. i really enjoyed it and they did make him but here's the deal they made him creepier as a clown like more gory more edgy yeah. as a clown whereas like one of the scary things about tim curry's clown from the 1990s it miniseries on tv was the fact that he looked like a, i honestly look like he walked into a to someone's birthday party. He looked like clown. any other clown. And then he had the fierce teeth and he had the extra stuff. But like the fact that he just looked like any other clown. The Pennywise from the modern it is creepier and dirtier and grungier. And and they yeah. I feel like they'd the, almost do this with these clowns as they'd make them the current Pennywise would terrify anybody. Yes. Even if you don't if he have showed up at a party you'd be clowns. like that is a murderer. Like you they, yeah. that, that's a bad thing. Whereas these clowns are kind of like they've got the edginess to them, but I feel like they'd almost make them worse. They'd almost make them like grunge, like people just looked at the clowns like, oh, clowns in this movie. Right. And then they left it at that. Like, you just yeah, they're like, why the are clowns. these, you know, stupid looking clowns wandering around the town? Like almost like they were wearing masks. And like, people are like, why are these people wearing masks? When... Yeah. Which, yeah, which is funny. They... I wrote these notes down. Like, obviously, people are just like, like the police officer in the. <laughs> Oh stop fooling around with the, with the clowns. I'm like, okay, after the fifth person who calls about something, if you don't do something, at that point, yeah. it is your own fault that things are sh shit's yeah. happening. <laughs> and this guy's got like the like you're not gonna pull one over on me. Uh, he's <laughs> for everybody. So everybody so in the ridiculous. pulling one over him. It was funny because I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why I knew him. Now watching it, because he's him, he's one of the only like bigger mm. actors in this movie. And I realized I, I looked him up. So he was the mayor in Dirty Harry, which I love Dirty yep. Harry. And I'm like, okay, because his voice is like super familiar. And then apparently the old guy that's like the first one to get killed is yes. a famous like Westerns actor from back in the day. Mm -hmm. But he was his acting was like ridiculously goofy over the top. Yes. Um, and then I don't know. It's it's super. It's a it's a fun movie. It's I a fun like movie. That... I'm glad we did it for this thing. We could talk back and forth. Like we had talked about like, oh, let's do the uh, do. Well, first of all, we've had conversations off recording which was do we ever review movies that are really good because it's kind of hard right. to talk about because all we're going to do is like praise them and it's kind of hard to critique them as much well the one thing i didn't like about this movie is and so on and so forth it's also it's just way more fun to review movies that are crap because you can like crap yeah. all over them and have fun and joke <laughs> about them and, and not take them too seriously like we're not here to like, <clears throat> yeah. be professional movie critics but this one kind of sat in the middle for me because it wasn't bad but it wasn't also like award-winning this is a movie that, like, if somebody hadn't seen as a either a, a, like a goofy sci-fi movie fan or a B-rated movie fan or, you know, oh, I enjoy horror. I would absolutely recommend this movie. Yeah. Like, it's if somebody tells me that they aren't really into any of that genre, I probably would not say you got to see Killer Constant Mountain Face. Um, but if you but like if, your yeah. if you like your goofy, cheesy movies, this is one of the best, I would think. Exactly. Um, I feel like the acting in this movie, besides the old guy being over the top, and and the the two brothers, like they, everything is downplayed, but the acting is not necessarily bad. No, you have the, like two idiot brothers in the ice cream truck driving around. Like overall, the it's it's really not bad, and it kind of surprised me that none of these actors really did anything else. I mean, this at was... the time, was the movie like a movie made money? It did well, but at the time, it was like mm. a, if you make a stupid movie, 
you know, people might not take you as seriously. Like, honestly, we talked about this for last week's episode with Howard the Duck. Some of those actors in that movie, the movie was so bad, badly received that some of those actors felt careers. like, it, but it said it, they, oh, you ruined my career. I mean, honestly, not long after Howard the Duck came out, Tim Robbins started in freaking Shawshank Redemption, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, if not my favorite movie of all time. And so they started that. his career. Yeah, so it's like it's one of those things that whatever. But if you don't know Killer Clowns from Out of Space, let me give you that. So it's with teenagers is Mike and Debbie uh, see a yep. comet crash outside of Sleepy Town. Uh, so they go to investigate it, and then they find there's a pack of murderous aliens. But they just so the thing I was explaining this to someone I forget who it was this weekend, and I was laughing because the fact that Killer Clowns from Out of Space it like takes these alien figures that you would normally see and put them in make them clowns. And then mm. they also take that like their spaceship is basically a, a circus tent in yep. a sense. Like it lands and it's a circus tent out of the, in the middle of nowhere. And I love the old dude who's like, oh, look at a circus tent. I haven't been in a while. Like, yeah, because it's a random Rainbow circus tent in the, middle of... <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in the in your you backyard, would be. in your property, you is... all of a sudden a circus tent's here. That's Garrett when he's like that age. <laughs> I wonder what this is here for. Let me go check it out. No. And they so they they see the circus clowns are murderous. They use these. Like they use popcorn as weapons. They use cotton candy as like. Oh my god! Every thing. goofy thing. Yeah. So the cotton candy cocoon thing, like one of them that gets to me in this movie is how they're going around. Like, there's no one left in this town. Like this, they yes. build this the ship up. Like, and no one's like, oh my god, they've killed everyone. They're just like, oh man, yeah, kind of sucks. These clowns showing up. Like, there's no. Was so that part of the comedy? Is that part of the the idea that like it's so you can't we just take it write too it seriously? All off. Like yeah. Mike, Mike was really worried about his his guy he knew from school, yeah. or whatever, because that's the first one he finds when he tears the cotton candy down. He's like, "Oh my god!" Um, so he keeps going on about that one guy, but he's not worried about the fact of like everyone else in town. Well, <laughs> oh, it also the I whole just freaking recently, the entire town is cleaned out, gone. Like, no yes. one left. Well, and he tries and no to warn like, the shit. He tries to warn the authorities, and people are all like, yeah. "Uh, what? It's a prank!" And then everybody's missing. So like. At some point, again, at some point, someone has to go, you're all morons because we tried to tell you about this. And like yeah. the, the cop and the, the spoilers, the cop eventually, the one that doesn't listen, eventually dies. And you're like, well, well screw you, man. Like that, that's your own yeah. goddamn fault. Like yeah, it's you, not my you problem. You feel like he has it coming. Yeah. Yes. That was a scene as a kid. It is creepy with the clown using him as a puppet. Yes. Um, yes. But... That was like really, that was like, that was one of the horrific parts. And then there's the part where they use popcorn as a weapon is the funny parts. You know what I mean? Like there's the, the yeah. both sides. Well, it's like, it, like... He, the clown comes out there after they shoot him with the popcorn guns. And you're like, I don't get like why they shot him with popcorn. The popcorn's all stuck to him. And then you see the the clown come out and start yeah. making the balloon dog. Yeah. And then the dog's sniffing out the popcorn. So you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just but, it's yeah, so funny how they the don't. The stuff happening in, in town yes. with the clowns are great. Like they're hilarious. And the clown, like I said, the makeup, the practical effects are fun. It's just different. They're, yeah. they're obviously not to be taken too seriously. Um, but the idea that that we always picture clowns coming or uh, aliens coming to the earth to Earth in this one way, and they're like, well, why wouldn't they be clowns? Uh, you know, why wouldn't right. a, pre, a random alien race be, uh, you know, just sticks with arms or something? Why wouldn't they? Like, why do we always picture them as humanoids? And this right. fact that they're clowns is funny, and the fact that they used all those extra things. And I also didn't know when I saw the cocoon things. I'm like, are they doing more like? Uh, have you ever seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Probably not. No. Not really it, that is really horror, that's basically like a, honestly, it's like Secret Invasion. Okay, got, that's the easiest explain, explanation I have for you is that they they kidnap people's bodies, they make new ones and replace the bodies 
with new ones with no emotions at all no love no no hate no ever and they're trying to like take, basically take over the world with these new these new bodies that have like no ability really to do anything wrong so they just they just live and that's what I thought, I thought I thought we were doing on this thing with invasion of the body snatchers where they're like kidnapping these things and putting them in some sort of cocoon right. to make them into clowns like to like no and then I right. see the guy stick the straw in the thing and start drinking I'm like oh they're eating them that's even yeah that's, that's, that's gross the that's, that's the one like oh they're just here for a bite to eat like yeah. them and they just stop by and yeah that's exactly what they are I was like oh god um, that, that's wait, oh, is it sweet like cotton candy is it strawberry probably, cotton candy is probably it, like, eventually because you see the uh I think that one's name is Fatso because they actually yeah. have names now. Yes. I think that one's Fatso, and he's he's down there like poking the one that yeah. like looks the best and the tastiest or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it is gross and sucking the blood out of it. Like, uh, it, there's I don't know the the comedy effects in the movie are good. The puppet things are scary. When the girl stuck the girl in the shower gets stuck in the bathroom yeah. with all of the new formed clowns there, that's like terrifying in and of itself yeah. too. Because apparently they grow from the popcorn. You get that idea when, yes. the, when the other one comes along and dumps it in the dumpster, and then the garbage kid, the kid taking the garbage out, like the fast food joint gets pulled in. There's it's like just, it I don't makes know, me the, laugh. It's like I, you, if you if no yeah. one knew what we were talking, we just started talking about this movie and then told you what the movie was at the end. You'd be like, "What the hell is this movie you're talking about? It just doesn't seem like a movie." That whatever it literally was made for 1.8 million dollars in over the years because obviously it's been re-released in different options and they've done things and they put it in for like Halloween and stuff like that. It's made 43 million. So you're saying that's a great return on your investment for oh, a movie a like this. Return. And you never yeah. think to my mind that this movie made over 40 million dollars in the. And in then the you got to wonder, like, with these, you know, costumes, with these toys, Funko Pops, these Killer Clowns has gone all over the place. How much yeah. is this franchise now worth? Yeah. Like, I was, other I was also like wondering why you would one remake and only it. One. I guess there's a video game, that, like it must have been made back in the day, like a computer only game mm -hmm. that they tried to make a Killer Clowns sequel to video game, which I kind of want to play now. <laughs> exactly. Did you know that this movie? So they said that this movie made forty three million dollars in the box office. Uh, last week's review made thirty eight million dollars in the box office. So this movie actually made five million dollars more than Harvard the Duck, and this movie was made for one point eight million. Yeah, was that movie well done, guys. Well that done. Movie... You did better than George Lucas. <laughs> George Lucas made their or whatever. It was, uh, they made it for thirty million dollars. Yeah, this movie was and made for made 30, and They made like thirty-five. Yeah, and the practical effects yeah. almost were better in this movie than it was in that movie. And that that's largely to, yeah. to the, Chio the Chiodos brothers. So the so Charles and Stephen Chiodos or Chiodo, um, they wrote the movie together, and then Stephen yeah. directed it. And the Chiodos brothers are known for special effects and things like they've, they've made movies. Uh, the special effects are done something in that vein for Critters, Ernest Scared Stupid, Elf. They did all the claymation stuff in Elf. Uh, oh, nice. And they were also I did not part know of that. The, That's awesome. They oh, were part oh. of the special effects and, and practical effects team for the Team America movie made by the uh, guys who made South Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so a lot, and there's a bunch of other ones that can go on and on. So they did, they have a, they've had a successful like behind the scenes special so, effects, practical effects. That whole, that whole thing must've been pretty easy for them to do this movie then with that kind of background and already mm -hmm. being familiar with all of it. Um, yeah. Cause all of that stuff is great. The CGI and it's obviously it's 80 CGI. Yes. It is what it is. It's and there's not much. Bad, so, but... But they almost like they have to use it for certain things. But other than that, it's not like, yeah. When they, when they shoot uh -huh. the cotton candy gun thing and when the clowns explode, cause when you kill a clown, yeah. they like explode. I don't understand. They, they spin into a giant tornado oh. of green stuff and they blow up. <laughs> 
I didn't mention this yet, but I probably should because it won awards. Uh, there's a animated movie called Marcel and the Shell on the sh- Marcel the Shell with the shoes on. It's a like a little like shell that walks around. It's like a silent movie, animated movie. They did stop motion okay. for that too, uh, yeah, cool. which is pretty. It's a it won award, so it probably should be mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else was there? There was that, also the Mr. Potato Head uh, show. Uh, Ernest Scared Stupid Critters Monsters UHF with um, uh, Weird Al from nineteen. It's really surprising that these guys did so oh. much of this stuff, and they had such a successful turnaround in this movie, yep. but then they haven't done another movie independently by themselves. Maybe it was just no. too much work. Maybe they were like, you know what, this is yes, because I can't well, imagine. Like well, we I can't imagine to... goes into that. Like you'll actually. We talked. Uh, I, we talked to, to uh, Damien Leone and, uh, and and David Howard Thornton from yes. Terrifier at the Bangor Comic Toy Con, and one of the things they mentioned was someone asked, "Would you, Damien Leone, who who wrote the movie, directed the movie, produced the movie, and did the special effects of the movie, uh, the two movies, the first two movies, is would you call yourself a director, a writer, uh, a special effects makeup artist? What what would you consider yourself?" And he goes, "I like yeah. the overall encompassing." title filmmaker i said that makes sense i like that uh our friend joseph schmalky likes to go by comic book storyteller uh he's an artist and a writer but like he's just he's a storyteller he just uses both mediums to 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 tell stories and so on and so forth he goes but the funny thing is in terrifier 3 which comes out in 2024 is um they have a higher budget because now it's being got picked up by a bigger studio and so on and so forth and he's actually hired in a special effects and makeup people so like they're still he's not off the plate and so he says, he, as long as they're equal to what he wanted to do, he's like, I would then consider myself now as the writer and director. And so maybe the Chios brothers did this, the opposite, where they're like, I don't know about the director. I don't want to run the whole film. I just want to sit there. I want to make my stuff in the back studio. I don't want to actually like yeah. he. Whereas, That's the part I mean, they enjoyed the most. Correct. Damien Leone wants to tell his story, and he can say, oh, someone else is, is capable of doing this practical effects. I'll just do the story part. And that's maybe they did the opposite thought process on that. And, and maybe yeah. it is. The funny thing it makes is, sense. I, I mean, I can't imagine. It's got to be a lot of work, and you're dealing with the actors that you're hiring, and you're dealing with. I mean, they must have had a, a pile of stuff involved in this. The cities you're filming in, or the sets you're using. I mean, mm-hmm. all of it to go through. You get done with it, and be like, you know what? I don't really want to do that again. Like, I can totally see that. The uh, the funny thing about the Chiaros brothers, ready for this, is uh, in early 2000s. So I was in high school, so 2000 to 2004 is when I was at uh, or 2001 to 2004. I was at Bangor High School, and in, in, in uh, in Bangor, Maine. And I listened to a lot of like Screamo and post hardcore and all those kind of uh, bands when I was, I was growing up. There's a band from Michigan called Chiodos. Okay. <laughs> and I had no idea, no connection, no worries at all about why this band was named Chiodos. I just, okay, the band's name is it's a cool sounding name, whatever. It actually does. If you go, if you go online and look it up, they had their name was called the Lighthearted Carpet Knights, was the original name, before they changed it to the Chiodos Bros. And then the band, uh, in tribute to filmmakers Stephen and Charles and Edward Chiodos, <laughs> responsible for killing they, they ended up changing it and dropping the the and the brothers to just Chiodos. But the the name nice. of the band is actually named after the people who made this movie, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and if That's I had awesome. like the copyrights to that music, I would use it as the opening opening music to right. this episode. But I don't have like we obviously can't do that. But like I thought it was kind of funny that this is completely unrelated, but they're you know. Years later, that's, like, oh, that's like how this they actually have their own song made for mm-hmm. this movie, which is completely ridiculous and fantastic. I just watched that. I just watched that. Uh, the Retaliators, it's a movie that came out 
2018, 19, 20, somewhere around there, I believe. Mm. And it's a five figure death punch is in the movie. And oh, so no is doubt. the singer, the so is the singer of Papa Roach. And so there's a song yeah, as a down. song for it that's like all of them together. It's this kind of funny that it's like that's they wanted cool. to make a movie and they had a friend who made it, but let's make a horror movie together and I want to be in it. It's cheesy, but it's actually pretty good. It's not that bad. The retaliators yeah. that um but yeah, so like it's funny how this these guys made this movie and they never made anything else. And just I mean, they're still alive. Obviously, they're making they just did the stuff on stop motion for Marcel. They could be involved in a reboot or or a continuation or or something with it, but yeah. you have to almost make the movie like they made it in 1980s. You can't. Yeah, they, it wouldn't be taken as. I'd almost as, say you'd want to like determine the difference between what 1.8 million was in the 80s to what it is yeah, now. Make that your this budget. This is still our budget. Like, okay, 1.8 million in the 80s is now worth 3.5 million today or whatever, and say that's our budget. It's probably worth so, like 30 million now. Yeah. With inflation nowadays, it's <laughs> awful. Hmm. Um, but you know, stick stick to that. But even stick the rest of the round, like hire good actors, get good cameras, get good hmm. lighting, get all that stuff. But like, make the even if you use CGI for the entire thing, make your CGI look like the clowns from the '80s movie. Yeah, oh yeah, I think that is, would make people happy. You definitely do not want to change the latexy weird. I bet, th- I bet those things are in good condition right now. Oh god, those are probably dissolved and look terrifying. They probably look scarier now than they did then. Um, yeah, because you want that. You want the weird like facial movements yeah. and the lips and the they did have like the pointy teeth under them. Like these clowns mm-hmm. are pretty terrifying once you got a good look at them. But when you just see them like waddling around, and that's the other thing, they move like this weird like lumbering they waddle. To, but they have to because they're like in these massive suits. <laughs> yeah <laughs> these suits yeah. it's not like i don't think they probably wrote it into script or walk that way <laughs> no it's probably the only way they, and they have like huge feet i mean they're big goofy clowns, clowns. so like it was funny them walking out of the woods and to that like into town you're surprised that they made it into town in the same night like <laughs> the pace they're going and but then they have like the little clown car and they all pile yes. out of it and stuff like they're it's funny to look at them and they only have like three fingers and mm-hmm. to think that they managed to come up with all this technology, we can't. And like they made space. How, how do they accomplish space flight with well, whatever? How do they accomplish space flight in a freaking circus tent? In a circus tent. That's we did it. We've been doing it all wrong, Paul. We can go to Mars. It just has to be in a circus tent. Why haven't we done this yet? Learn yeah, a lot from the Chiodos brothers. It bores a hole like a giant top into like whatever surface <laughs> it lands in. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, and whatever the hell the the uh, thing is when they're running around inside the spaceship, there they in that one room that is just like it goes down forever, and there's just a yeah. giant like electric globe shooting lightning off everywhere. Like that's what they must be their power source or something. Um, yeah, how how this alien like group came up with this technology while only having three fingers and not being able to like move more than a waddle around? Yes, pretty well, impressive. It's funny. it's funny with these things. Like you could have gone. I, the best part about this movie is the fact that horror movies can either be taken far too seriously to the point where like you can't sleep and or so, mm. horror anything, honestly, horror books, horror comics. We've talked about yeah. Nailbiter and Legacy of Violence and some of these books that have come out over yeah, the past yeah. few years that make you literally go, oh, my God, this is crazy. I mean, I just read a book called Ankle Snatcher uh, um, from Grady Hendrix that was about thing living under the bed. And then my son woke up in the morning and his feet were under the bed. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. But no, so like there's things that make you scared. And then this movie is like, then there's like scary movie, the actual like movie, scary movie, not like right, right. Scary movie, which is like stupid, stupid like horror movie. Like it's like one of those things that's comedy that has like some deaths in it. And they did right. some sort of perfect balance in Killer Clowns from Out of Space where it's like 
they didn't take themselves too seriously, but they also <clears throat> they also didn't go too far into the slapstick comedy. You know, some horror movies can be so gory and gross to make you like just grossed out, and they didn't have yeah. that aspect in this. It's a little bit of like everything, and I think that's what makes this movie like one of those like approachable movies for a lot of people. Um, and the clown part of it, clowns are scary. You know, what I mean, like it's not like a, 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 yeah, it was yeah, probably, creepy. They could have done anything else. They could have been night. like, they could have been like, oh, we're gonna make it, you know, um, carnival barkers, and make them the right. aliens. But they made clowns because there was a reason because clowns are scary to a lot of people in the first place. They're scared of clowns in the first place. What I do appreciate about this movie is the fact that they did this like, nope, we're going to make it a tent. We're going to make these guys come and just look for sustenance and like, you know, whatever. They could have made it more like this tent randomly appeared. They started selling tickets. You didn't know they were bad until some stuff started bad happening. Like You could have done this more like creepy, like, you know, like inconspicuous kind of like taking over instead of just like little right. Kidnapping and, it, and murdering. People. Yeah, instead, instead these things like don't have that kind of like intellect. It seems like yes, they just like kind if, of. If you made it like do secret what invasion, they do, or 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 secret invasion, or um, I just mentioned invasion of the body snatchers, where people didn't know what was going on at all. Right, there's one person who's like something's not right here, and then you start investigating and figure out. They could have made these clowns where it's like, you never get out of character, do you? And it's like, oh no, I'm a method actor, and they just play as a clown this whole time, and then you come to find out they're really evil people. And they just didn't do that. They just were like, no, no, no. We're just going to come here and make these clowns, like, eat people, in a sense. Yeah. Go goofy alien clowns that eat yes. people. Like, all yeah. of the scenes of them, like, catching people and doing things are all goofy. You know, like the little mm -hmm. guy on the little tricycle and the, the biker gang coming after him and, and then him punching his head off the trash can. <laughs> So I did a so for for Horror Week, I, I believe it came out on Monday of Horror Week. So I can actually, if people want to go to uh com slash horror week, they can figure out see the entire list. But I did a list of like my 30 favorite horror movies. Mm. Okay. This is not on there. I'll tell you that right now. This you didn't make it's the good. list. Oh. It's good, but it's not that good. Um no, so the I best part about it is 30 horror movies. Out of all the horror movies, there's a certain ones where I'm like, you know, like Christmas movies are those ones that Taylor and I were talking about, my, my wife Taylor, uh, we're talking about like, these are the movies you have to watch every year. We have to watch Elf. We have to watch yeah. Red -Nosed Rain Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And you you like watching them every year. I yeah. feel like Halloween time, there's a certain demographic of people, a small percentage of people who are like, we've got to watch Halloween every year, like the actual Halloween movie yeah. or Psycho or whatever. And there's a portion like me where I want to watch a lot of new stuff. Not the thing that I won't won't watch the older stuff or stuff not new stuff per se like that came out recently, but stuff I haven't seen. You don't want to, yeah. You don't want to rewatch it. I'm not well, really rewatching. That's the thing with horror. I feel like is if you have like the sentimental attachment because you grew up watching horror. I feel like a lot of the horror fans appreciate rewatching things. Um, if you're in it for like the scare right here and now, you're not really gonna relive that. No, because you like, know. The, I will you know say I've, I've watched The Shining like probably four times. Yeah, yeah and, and and the thing is, is one that you're not a big horror fan, but that's your that's your favorite horror movie, I would say. It's, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. and it's got Which like fine because honestly, factor. it's number three on my list. It's number three on my list. Yeah. Okay, so that is so the right above that is American. Uh, sorry, uh, a Psycho, 1960. Alfred Hitchcock Psycho is number one. Yes, I want to watch two. that. Yeah. Number two is Rosemary's Baby. It's one of my favorite movies. It's great, and that was movie was in 1968 and 1960, and then obviously 1980 for the for The Shining. But I guess my point is, is out of the top five movies that are on my list, which include, that's, I said, The Shining, and then number four is Halloween, and number five is Jaws. Jaws mm. is the only one out of that that I'm like, I could just throw Jaws on and watch it. Yeah. And love yeah, it. Yeah, we watch, we actually watch Jaws every summer, my wife and I. That's like a summer tradition. 
But I'm just trying to think of like right, right, when, the... right when you're into the feeling of like going to the beach all the time and everything. Yeah. We have to watch Jaws. I'm just trying to go through this. I'm going through this list. I'm not gonna list them all off because you should, you should check it out. Everybody should check it out. But like out of my horror movies that are on this thing, there's only like I mentioned Jaws. Okay, um, let's see here. Jaws. We're still on oh, one. Me. We're still on one movie out of the top thirty that I'm like, yeah, just throw it on and we'll watch it. Just rewatch it. Okay, Jaws one. Is... One Jaws movie out of the horror. top 30 movies, Paul, that I think they're great horror movies, and I think everybody should watch them. And I'm not saying I wouldn't rewatch them. I will definitely rewatch all of them over again. One of them are the ones that's like, okay, let's rewatch this. This falls in the category of like, you could make this your annual October. Oh, God, yeah. I usually, I usually watch this. this movie every year to two years. I watch Killer You could put this in, you're like, okay, I have these movies. And again, Halloween's on that list. And I guess if you're into like watching one or two horror movies around Halloween, Halloween would make that list, in my opinion, because it's the best of those early, uh, like mid 80s, early 70s, early 70s slasher movies with that. I'm not, so I put it on there because it's a good movie and that people do like it. Uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. I am not a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan, but I understand why people like it. And the Friday the 13th. The lore is fun with Jason, mm. but like pick number one's okay, number two or three are good. But after that, it's like literally they they send him to space at one point and into the future. Right, like he literally is. It's ridiculous. They cryogenically freeze him and send him five hundred years, four hundred years in the future. And he, the and science fiction him. part of it becomes ridiculous. Like, obliterate this person, incinerate this person. If he's, <laughs> I just it's so funny. Right. Like they they've gone these uh, Halloween movies and these Friday the Thirteenth movies to a point now where it's like. You know, at the beginning, it was almost somewhat believable. Like, this could be based on a true right. story. To now, they're like lightning bolts reanimating bodies and things like that. But my point is, is that there's a few of those classic horror movies where, like, I got to watch these every year and really enjoy it. And because of the fact that they're not as enjoyable to watch for most people, most of the demographic out there, right? Um, to watch over again, because, A, you know how it goes. There's just, you, you know where the jump scares are, you know. Yeah, usually once you lose that, I feel like that's kind of your horror your big horror part is that jump scare and that that on the edge of your seat biting your fingernail feeling. And yes. by, if you've seen it once, you don't really have that again. But this adds that, like, I think that puts it in the, as a list. And I think, honestly, probably, like, there's probably from number movie number 31 to 50, if I was to do it that high, there's probably a bunch more in that that are under the rewatchable category. And that's right. where uh, our friends over at uh, the Friends from Work podcast have the idea that what's a good Marvel movie? Versus what's a rewatchable Marvel movie. Like there's a bunch mm. of rewatchable Marvel movies that are not even in their top 10 or top 15 movies. It's just those right. are the ones that are like, that's a classic movie you can watch over Ant-Man. Like you just put that on, enjoy yeah, it because Ant-Man's it's fun. comedy. It's got the yeah. funness to it. It's like, it's, you know, Paul Rudd's great. Guardians of the Galaxy, those kind of movies. God, I love the Guardians movies. But like, those movies people will watch as a rewatchable. And so this would be categorized in my opinion as the, it's it's got scariness in it there's jump scares there's things like that there's comedy in it but it's a rewatchable rewatchable horror movie in my opinion it's a much rewatchable horror movie and i think that falls in the category i would that's actually i'm gonna break that down because that's this year's horror week is all um planned out but i'm gonna write down for next year's horror week we'll probably do a top 10 most rewatchable horror movies there we go nice Mm -hmm. 20 Um, i so i saw the shining for the first time i saw it as an adult on the big screen in the theater for the uh, Stephen King WKIT um, like radio giveaway broadcast. Yeah, they this thing where you, you can't buy tickets to it. It's, you they're have doing, to win um, them. They're doing Pet Cemetery this year. Yes, yes, which I would also love to see on the big screen. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but that was so that was the first time I saw The Shining, and I I was 
I didn't know what necessarily to expect, and I could not like by the time it got going, I was up on the edge of my seat, and I think because of that experience of seeing it for the first time, I rewatched the shiny. My wife ended up really liking it when I, when I was telling her about it, and we watched it. She really liked it, so that's one we go back to every few years. I feel like for Halloween week. And there's more to that story because I feel like one of the problems we have. So there's problems with every genre, really, but like action movies and 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 drama movies, for an example, I feel like have less over the top either side of it. If that makes any sense, like action yeah. movies, there are some Michael Bay movies where it's like, okay, he just does explosions for explosions. But most yeah. action movies, it's like there's only a certain amount of action you can put in a movie that makes it watchable. And so, like a good action movie is just a good action movie there's not many i think there's comedies where there's like okay you're we just tried for people laughing there's no story here yep. you're literally just telling jokes or you're not funny at all like this is not even funny i don't even understand why you're doing this in horror is the same thing you're like almost trying to like make people puke and scare them right. so they can't walk, watch they can't go to bed at night and then there's the, the ones that are just like um creepy they're just yeah. like one of those weird things. It's like they're trying to do some sort of obscure thing in the horror genre that's not really I, landing. I would rather have that creepy, like, yes. you. it sits in with you feeling. Like, uh, when I first saw The Sixth Sense, I went and saw yes. I saw The Sixth Sense uh, in theaters as whatever I was, a teenager, I guess, or, or preteen, somewhere in yeah. there. Um, and I had to go see that movie. And that one, like, definitely creeped me out for a long time. Because they use those things in real life, like those weird, like, oh, I have yes. a chill, and that means there's a ghost present with you, and all those things. That that stuff, like, that definitely lasted in my mind for a long time. Um, I think I think that's part of what I'm like. I'm trying to say, like, one of the things that you know this, and people probably know this now on the podcast. I probably this is probably the third time I've said it this week on this on these episodes. Is I am a, a, a what scares me the most is what could be potentially real, even though I know yeah. it's fake. Even, the best part about it is. Too many people like I can't watch that movie. It, it gives me, you know, I can't, I can't get in cars after this. I'm like, you do realize all these freaking movies are fake. You have to have a line where it might Im- initially yeah. scare you, like if you read a book about ankle snatching and then go to bed. Obviously, right. you're, you're you're bound and determined to have some sort of nightmares. Or have you out, yeah. But like three weeks from now, it shouldn't bother you anymore. Knowing this is a freaking right. fiction book or or movie, and it shouldn't be something that you like hold on to for the rest of your life. Have the ability to say this is fake. This is real. But I like the idea when you're watching the movie. I've always said this about Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity, first of all, number one, it was made excellently because it was made with almost no money. And that to yeah. me is a lot. Like, it was really well made, really good story with no money. just adds that whole aspect to it. But up until they Hollywoodized it towards the end of the movie, spoilers, um, the movie was like, oh, my God, this is actual people's security camera footage. This actually happened in someone's house. This is freaking crazy and at the very right. end of the movie again spoilers you know if anybody wants to watch the movie it came out freaking 20 years ago um they had this beast kind of looking thing jump at the camera and i'm like okay you lost me there because at that point now i know it's not real and yeah whereas up until that point things move things fell off the shelf they saw mists they all the stuff that's like okay it can be explained away but it could be real it was what i love about horror movies that make you jump and make you think those are the kind of good ones. The ones that make you go, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And Terrifier is one of the exceptions, in my opinion, that because I do like both movies. Is like they just gore you out to gore you out. Let's make some, let's cut someone in half because we can cut someone in half. You don't have right. to kill someone that way. You could just kill someone and it's still scary. You know, what I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, all those movies, they just killed people. It's not like they cut someone's boob off. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, let's try yeah, to gross you out and try to freak you out. As gruesomely gross yes. as possible. And this movie again, this this has this like scariness to it in, in killer clowns but not to the point where that you're was, like i gotta look away 
Right. Do I mean it also me doesn't as... have comedy that makes it not scary? If that makes any sense. A teenager watching Scream, and where I wasn't a big horror person, I saw Scream at a sleepover for a buddy of mine's birthday. He had a bunch of us all t- over at his place. We all hung out, and that was the perfect setting to watch Scream because it's... here we are, a bunch of teenagers, and here's a bunch of teenagers being murdered by something that is very real. Like, I mean, this was yes. obviously just a guy in a suit, and um, that had a super creep factor to it because, like, this could be happening to us right now. Like, here's this group of us in this house together. And that's basically what the whole movie was. So I, I always liked scream as having that true real life. You could just have these two high school kids kind of go nuts and start killing the town. Okay. So I changed my, my statement earlier about one in my top 30. I'm going to put two in there. Cause I think the first scream movie could be in that because even though, you know, and it has to be one of those things that you might want to watch a year, a couple years apart. So you kind of forget you kind of like, yeah. well, I think I know who the killer I, is, but I can't remember who the killer is. I but think Scream that's is one of the franchises, the in my opinion, that's done almost well for all of the movies. And that's because they, from the beginning, or obviously not from the beginning, from movie two, they're like, no, someone just has to be wearing the mask. Yeah. Do you know I mean, someone just has to, it doesn't have to be the. You could continue the having this copycatting of it where yes. Jason is Jason and therefore it gets ridiculous. And Michael Myers and, is Michael Myers. And it's like those yep. kind of movies. It's like, okay, I, obviously Freddy from, from nightmare on Elm street is. A but not human from hell. He's not human. Right. So that, that's okay. Yeah, but so like that immediately takes that out. You know, Michael Myers could have had a kid and the kid took over or, or some sort of person he took under his arm and like, and then Michael mm. Myers dies. But then all of a sudden I know where, Bam, someone else is wearing the Michael Myers mask. And, and and same thing in Jason. Jason could have had someone else from the camp that he didn't know about. Someone else died yeah, before he died. they just kept doing it. Yes, and they just kept – the Scream was one of those ones that they continue – they could make Scream movies forever because yeah. someone just has to be wearing the ghost face mask to, to make it a realistic thing. And the fact right. that, yeah. A, Michael Myers in Halloween grabbed a mask out of a, out of a store – and B, mm. same, same as Scream. Scream's mask is just a mask. It's not like... It was everywhere. It yes, was already... Honestly, Jason's it, the like... same thing. Jason, he in, in movie three, he takes the mask from someone else he kills in the movie and puts it mm. on. And then from Jason 3 up until Jason 27, he's been wearing that mask. Um, yeah. With the with the caveat that he did not wear the exact same mask for the entire Jason X movie when he went to space. He made this like futuristic... like. <laughs> well, when you space travel as a serial killer, you have to change it off. Well, I guess... I mean, so here's, here's my... Little shameless plug here, right? We got oh, here we go. We got Legacy of Violence here. Uh, Cullen Bundy, you should read a Legacy of Violence volume one available at Mad Cave Studios. You can get your local comic book shop, including Galactic Comics and Collectibles in downtown or outside of downtown Bangor, Maine. Um, And Galactic Comics and Collectibles.com. Yes, and this is volume two, which is just released uh, over at Mad Cave, uh, which collects the next four issues from Cullen Bun. But on the back of the volume, I was a little nice little surprise there. uh, We got a little pull quote from Capes and Tights. Uh, I know that you know who wrote it. Um, but I wanted to read this not because I'm trying to shameless plug on this, but I want to read what it says. And this is part of the epitome of what I think horror stuff should be. And I think that's why. So it says, a legacy of violence sits right in that sweet spot of what we love most about independent comics and horror movies and horror stuff. A wonderful story that could be based on true events, but veers slightly into the unbelievable. And that was where I think that most horror movies that's not this movie so we kind of got on a tangent off just talking about horror movies, right yeah we went off because topic to kill, yeah, because killer, honestly i mean you don't know that we're we we have started having some you know belief in alien life and technology being out yes. there so who's to say that there isn't killer clowns from outer space 
here's my you know are you ground, ready for groundbreaking. the uh, are you ready for the takeover when they my come? groundbreaking thought is i honestly think if we have any other living beings out there in this entire kind of vast space that we have out there we're not gonna it's nothing we've seen before if that makes any right. sense like i'm, I'm not you to... cannot make a movie about aliens in outer space because we don't know what they look like and i feel like nothing that we have on so... earth is going to resemble what we see if that makes any sense to anybody at all because you have the people preparing for zombie apocalypse i meantime yeah. will be using nothing but clown targets from now on to make sure i can shoot them in the nose well and let's be honest paul just it's way more likely for when the clowns come because they're yes. coming uh based it's, on this movie it's... i think it's 100 percent like a reality takeover i'll I tell you right now gonna run into it. <laughs> as a huge walking dead fan right right a huge walking dead fan i am telling you right now it's more likely that clowns from outer space come to earth than the re the, bodies the reanimate. Apocalypse? yeah yeah okay all right that's I, fair I, I, there's I more like is this more likely there's actually something an infinite number of worlds that are out there that there is a world just full of clowns there's a world full of ducks there's all that there's so many more yeah. possibilities for that than actually the, the, scientifically this. okay proven so here we go someone so, dies they die there's no so as there's no coming back as we're that. way off topic in this horror tangent anyways well we got kind um, of on the same yeah, we're kind of going on. So sci-fi horror movies that creep us the hell out. Alien, of course, is like yes. alien. But I saw – I did not even know what I was watching, okay? my I had a neighbor that used to um, hook me up with movies a lot like when I was – I don't know. I must have been 18, 19, something like that. He'd be like, oh, you got to watch this. So I watched Event Horizon not knowing what I was watching. Like, okay, it starts, yeah. and I'm like, oh, it's a sci-fi movie. Great. I love sci-fi movies. Holy shit, is that terrifying. Yes. And – the idea that as we are messing with different space technology and we're messing with like studying black holes and with all that, that you could create something that opened a dimensional portal style yeah. thing and that hell is real and that this ship went to hell and back out is and takes it with it is like it's not like a realistic, but at the same mm -hmm. time, it's not unrealistic. You know what I mean? Like in that yeah. movie, talk about your movies that creep you out. That movie creeped me out maybe more than any other one I ever saw. <laughs> that thing sat with me. And the way it ends is just like, good God. Like I, I have had a hard time watching Jurassic Park because of that actor now. Yeah. Um, like I just constantly see him as this creepy creator of the ship. Like, good God. So there you go. Well, There's your sci-fi movie. That movie scared the hell out of me way more than Killer Clowns from Outer Space did when I was seven. <laughs> well, and, and, and we and we talked about this with Clowns still don't bother me to this day while watching this movie as a child. Clowns don't bother me, but that movie creeped me the hell out. Well, for the longest time, dinosaurs bothered me because of the fact that I, I randomly had saw Jurassic Park on the TV and I was like, yeah. holy shit, I'm scared. You know, so here's the deal is that horror is one of those weird. It's like we talked about this and that's why. Jeremy Dauber kind of basically said he's writing a book about what scares us, not basically something that's yeah. in the horror genre. Because the horror genre that's is cool. so massive and yeah. there's subgenres to it and all that stuff. Just like things like, like but the idea is that like just because something's scary doesn't make it a horror movie. And just because something's a horror movie doesn't make it particularly scary. If that makes any sense. Like horror is like yeah. a it's also more it's more weird in the book market, I think. Uh, uh, Taylor and I, my wife and I were talking about this this weekend. We would stop at Bull Moose to pick up some books and stuff and one of the things it is is that there's a mystery thriller section and then there's a yeah. horror section. That, and there's my wife literally reads a lot copies, of the mystery thrillers. But there's a copy of books in both spots. Like I saw like a Josh Mallerman who wrote the yeah. book Bird Box, uh, which was made into a movie on Netflix. His yeah. Bird Box was like in horror, but it was also in mystery. And that could potentially be because Bull Moose is like just like throwing shit on the shelves. It's possible. I didn't go to the actual bookstore. But no, I think um, you definitely have a crossover there between your 
because um, I have a hard time sometimes when my wife is looking for a book and I go look and I'm like, well, where, where am I looking for this? Because the books yes. she reads are potentially just in like your your fictional drama stuff, but they could be in your suspenseful thriller because usually there's she has some sort of mystery going on, some sort of murder going on, yeah. you know, different any of these ones where the person um has become obsessed with somebody and then tries to like relive yeah. their lives or you know take over their things um and i think that that kind of suspense is is definitely on the edge of your seat what the hell is the one with ben affleck and the crazy gone girl. girl he was married to gone girl man was that like that gets you I, I, the fact awesome. that she's nuts and like ruined his life it's an awesome um, book but it's on it's an unbelievable adaptation in my opinion they made the it there's a book great. first Liz, but yeah Liz read the book and, and really liked the book, and that's why we watched the movie, and uh, it was fantastic. That one wrote me into it, and it was another movie that she's like, I want to watch this, and I had no idea what I was getting into. So I'm just trying I to figure out why was she was trying to screw over Batman. I just don't understand that part. <laughs> like, why would you do that? It's the same thing. I didn't realize Batman was an actual serial Batman. killer, too, like an American Psycho. American Psycho, right. uh, Bat- Batman kills people in his living room? That's why know. he becomes Batman for, oh, okay. for trying to— I thought Batman yeah, doesn't trying... kill people, though. Well, that's why he's trying to make up for everything he'd done. Okay, so he's trying to make up for his past and, and right. wearing this suit where if you just shoot him in the mouth, he'll die. Um, <laughs> so we're not going to go on a tangent about – I still think we should do an episode one of these days about like how to kill, how stupid some of these things are and make fun of things that we love being like that same thing. Yeah. Like why wouldn't you just shoot him in the mouth? Why wouldn't you just kill Joker? Like why are you continuing – Just kill the Joker. Person? Just kill the Joker. But most of Batman's problems would be cleared Arrest up. Arrest him in a things. state with capital punishment <laughs> and, and just kill him. And do it legally. Do it by, by the law, but just do it. By the law. <laughs> so, done. Yeah. And you can go to bed at night. You can feel fine. But that's another one that could be potentially. Court. Here's the deal. A long Halloween real movie, like an actual like, real-life movie in the horror genre, mm. making it like creepy and scary and all that stuff would be a dope. I love to see some of these ones. Or I've always mentioned about the MCU, which is like, They've done a good job, in my opinion. This is obviously as a Marvel zombie here, but like, is the idea that they've done comedies and they've done serious dramas and they've done action yeah. movies. They do subgenres in their genre. They, of, they of did Marvel. their own like like old school black and white horror style with. Yeah. Uh, I love Night, actual like. I'd love to do like a movie with like it's it's Mephisto, but it's like a horror movie at the core. I mean, obviously, yeah. the new Doctor Strange movie was pseudo horror because also yeah that was very uh, sam raimi made it or closer um, but like i'd I love like to the... see one where it's like no this is straight up horror movie like this is an yep. r-rated horror movie this is for adults this is for halloween like this is like what we're the batman for. the batman was very close to horror they got all yes. of the creepy aspects of what batman is and what batman deals with they still had all the action adventure stuff in it but the riddler in that being a serial killer yeah. Yeah. and like a really horrific serial killer was great like really getting into the darkness that Gotham yeah. is, but I want a good one, so that's like it doesn't count. So, um, I didn't actually like the movie. You can actually listen to a review we did with Adam and I did back. I wasn't a big fan of the movie, but that's that's neither here nor there. That's not, and it has nothing to do with uh, DC because I do like the Dark Knight and all that stuff. So, let's just leave it at that. But this movie is great. So I think it's funny about this, this movie. So, seventy-seven uh, percent. The critics gave this a seventy-seven percent out of a hundred. That's movies, shocking. Amazing. Sixty percent audience score uh which is not always which the is, thing to, the, the i'm thing surprised about. the audience score is lower than it's than honestly 99 of the time it is the opposite it's 99 percent of the time it is the opposite so um 6.2 on, on imdb which means it's yep. more like 62 percent out of 100 if that makes any sense to people um so that's pretty good it's a cult classic movie it's available on it's you what it's a free available too right it's available on yeah it's on Tubi? um 
free free freebie is that what freebie. it's called freebie freebie yeah it's on freebie yeah. i started it on there uh because i didn't want to go find my copy and then i was annoyed yeah. with the commercials so i went and there. found my copy um, Took me a while. Can... i found it Watch it on there. You can watch it on. Uh, I think you can buy it on Amazon Prime Video yes, too. I you think can. you can get it yeah. on there too. Um, but it's one of those ones. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you went to a place like Bone Moose Music here in New England or any like, Newbury Comics. Oh, in I'm sure any, it's any on the used, shelf. Any of these has dealerships yeah. that sell or, or movie people who sell used. You might be able to go to freaking Goodwill and sign it, find it in a in a bin get, for fifty cents. Get your VCR out. Get your VHS <laughs> copy and do it right. <laughs> I feel like we should watch something like I feel like if we ever rewatch the 1990s like TMNT movies, we feel like we should like force ourselves to sit there and watch it on like a CRT old tube TV. And, like, I mean, those movies look like they look better, although Turtles didn't didn't the T- T- TMNT one didn't age badly. TMNT yes. two wasn't really good when it came out and it certainly did not age well. But the first Turtle movie, I feel like still did. Yeah. Secret of the Ooze was. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. But it was great. I am oh, going to give it. And this is. Here's your here's your thing. I am gonna give it two stars, and that's mainly because it's it's. I, I would go so I and I don't. You can go do higher. This, but I'm would, not gonna go, say. I'd go three. I'd go okay. three on this. Okay. It's fun. Like it's a fun movie. If you want, it is for enjoyment. Goofy, stupid, fun. It is. It, it hits its I, marks. It is what it is exactly what it's supposed to be. It's advertised it, properly as a just goofy movie and it's fun and goofy they sell a fun if it was trying to take itself seriously if this was supposed to be a jump scare serious horror movie it would be a total flop but it's it's not so uh, it's, you know, it's great did you know that's a funko pop for these yeah that's crazy i actually was going to start collecting the funko pops of these oh come on and decided that was a bad bad yeah. rabbit hole to go down okay i'm trying to find my movie i forgot to get my um i almost think there's like a high some high quality like action figures or statues of them too of the clowns. Yes, I think there is too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna sure read any, like this... big reviews in these, but I'm gonna read headlines. Uh, so we got skip this one. Someone said with one star. <laughs> Loser. Oh. <laughs> uh, here you go. Well, well, one star. Well, I guess it's a cult following because this stinks. The movie is really bad. I guess if try if you want, but to laugh at how bad it is, it's a waste of time. Profoundly awful. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe I love it because I saw it as a kid. Like, yes, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe I've got my childhood nostalgia on. See, I can't. And the one thing I want to pull into this conversation here is the bad thing about reviews on Amazon is that it's got a four point something percent because it's like also reviewing the actual quality of a movie being sent to you, not just right, watching yeah. the movie or like the streaming yeah, you, quality, not the actual one, quality. One of the star USPS lost it. Yeah, one star. Oh, it came broken. Play. Yeah, so, yeah. but also five stars. I got my package. I loved it. And I'm just doing a review about it. Like, it's not like you're not reviewing the yeah. actual movie itself. It's not actually the review of there. the movie. With yeah. benefit of like books on, on Amazon, is if you go to like type in Killer, uh, sorry, um, Clown in the Cornfield, there's a rating, which is like four and a half stars. Mm. And then there's the Goodreads one, which is their like side company that they own that you can rate books. Right. On. That's where you and actually. So that's write the one you want to look at. Yeah. 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 That so way you I don't can honestly, the in the future, what I should do is look up Letterboxd because Letterboxd has reviews from customers reviewing the actual movie, not the Amazon there we reviews. Go. And there are probably some good ones on it. I just have always like, I followed a Twitter account once called like Amazon Reviews, and it was all these stupid things that were like saying stupid things about movies that, like, I don't know, uh, what was it? Bowling for Columbine? You know that movie, Bowling for Columbine? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was, yeah, a, yeah. There was, there was no bowling in this movie at all. And it was just like, that's kind of funny because it's not. <laughs> 
yeah, but it's not what it is, folks. Okay, so we got two and two stars, three stars, which puts it out at two and a half stars. We'll we'll leave it at that. That's good. It's watchable. Right. Definitely one of those movies that like we I, some of the other movies you watch, I'll be like, eh, just don't even watch them. This is I one think that this I is do the best think you movie should watch. We've reviewed so far. Yes, it's one of those ones that is going to be up there for that of, for sure. Of all of these. So, of, of all the new stuff I've been reviewing with you, this is yeah. this would be the best one. This on... is up there. Yeah. Uh, we got two minutes to finish this up. Not really. I just want to finish nope. this up. So that's a great review. Yeah. Awesome. All the other Horror Week content is available at uh, com slash Horror Week. Uh, we've got interviews. We've got uh, more podcasts. We've got reviews on books and comics and all that stuff. Uh, we've got... Um, what else? Oh, like top 10 lists of horror books and horror comics and horror Stephen King books or movies, all that stuff. Check that out. But this is actually past the time where we're able to announce and we'll just talk a little bit about this. We'll do a little preview to those people who was the time? waved through listening to us <laughs> babble on about killer clowns from outer space. And about random other horror movie topics. Galactic Comics and Collectibles and Case and Tights Podcast or caseandtights.com, I should say, are putting out in June 8th of 2024, a one-day-only comic book throwback show in Brewer, Maine for those people who are local to the area or live in New England, Northeast, if you want to fly in from California. I was going to say, you want to take a flight, take you. a flight. If you, here's the deal, okay, Paul? We haven't really set a ticket, full-on ticket price here, but I will guarantee right. you, you, you email hello at capesandtights.com or galacticcomicsbgr@gmail.com and prove that you are flying here from California and we'll let you in for free. Yeah, I think that's fair. That good? Yeah, Classic if you fly from California, you get a free you send ticket. Me, send us an email. Yep, yep, we'll do that. We'll we'll take care of you on that. Um, no, I'm I am stoked. Galacticon 2024. Yes, I uh, ran into Bobby at at, at Bumbleus Music yesterday, and he's in. So we have uh, so Galactic Comics. That's, so this is Galactic We've been working three, on this. We're for... three vendors up already, and we haven't officially announced it. We're three, what, what, a year into the, been planning this basically? Uh, like we've been shooting the shit about it yeah, a year ago. We've been bouncing it off. And then like, it kind of like dropped and... off a little bit. And then we came yeah. back into it about a month or two ago where we were like, okay, yeah. we really got to get this thing going. And uh, we've had some help from some people. We have a committee that we're starting. Uh, our buddy Lance has been very helpful as well. Uh, but we're putting this convention on. Or we're not, I don't want to call it a convention, a show on. It's a comic book event, it's a comic book old throwback show, old throwback school show. comic show. Yeah. Anybody who's been a comic book fan for a number of years, three big pop culture comic book conventions, there was these comic shows, these one-day shows that happened at yeah, the Elks Lodge and, and, and all these Rock different places. Rock it like it's just, the 90s. You just walked in there, you came in there, you bought your comics, you found your gems, you found your missing keys, you found your missing you know collections or, or runs that you need, and this is what we're hoping to put on. There's nothing yeah. wrong with pop culture conventions nowadays. There's nothing wrong with them. I, I love them. I, I tell you right now, I have a stack of movies Look here that have been signed from, from people that are in movies that I would love because growing up. But there's also a place nowadays, even something like San Diego, which was the original big comic book convention, used to be mostly comics. It is now mostly places where people do debut trailers and, and things like that. Trailers yeah. don't even have to do with comic book movies anymore. Like I think Indiana no. Jones had a movie there. It's like that's not even to do with comic books. Yeah. There's a there's one of those things. So that not that there's anything wrong with those things at all. I love them. They're great. There's a place for them. There's obviously people going to these things. We just know there's this percentage of people out there that want to go shop for comics. And especially in places like Bangor, Maine, Brewer, Maine, where we're going to have this, yeah. uh, that there's you and one or two other places to buy comics in the within like what half an hour driving radius to us. Yeah. Yep. Um, that this gives an opportunity for people to bring their comics to one location. People buy a, a, a inexpensive ticket 
to go in there and just shop for comics from a bunch of different places. Yeah, at bas- once, basically, on we're hoping, we're asking you as the attendee to help cover the cost of the building for us to do this in mm-hmm. so that we can get this on for everybody. Um, I'm, I am excited. I'm excited to see uh, the reach out to vendors and get some people that are further away so that if, if you're local here and you already come to my shop and you already go over to Bobby and you, and you visit the local LCSs here, get you an LCS from far away, get you one that comes up. That's in a couple hours or so out. So that you have another selection of books to look through. Or someone who sells um, only online and you don't follow them online. Yeah. So maybe you could bring them in and come in and buy some slack. So we'll have, the hope is to have modern comics. So you'll have your comics books that just came out recently. that are maybe hot yep. or missing, missing some items. We'll have dollar bin comics. We'll have vintage comics. We'll have slabbed comics, graded comics, signed comics, graphic novels, trades. All that stuff will be available from multiple different vendors. We'll have a limited number of toys and pops. For those people yep. who are into that stuff, uh, we are not inviting and, and not having into the comic book shops, uh, into this in the show, people that don't sell these things in a comic book store. Meaning that like, right. if you can't find it in a comic book store, it will not likely be there. Outside of the possibility of having a few local authors um, potentially coming, yep. depending on, on space. Um, obviously, then- some of those can't buy those bookstores, but they're creators, and I, I feel like they're, yeah. they're going to come. In addition to all this, Paul, we're also having the hope that we'll have a number... I'm not going to put a number out there right now, but a number of comic book creators, those people who may write comics, draw comics, letter comics, color comics, or edit comics will be coming as well. Some from local. So some people may have seen them at local conventions here or their places here in the Bangalore or greater Bangalore area, and hopefully some from all over the country uh, as well. And as we grow this to multiple years of this convention, maybe from all over the world, we don't know. But the idea is that if you create comics and you want to sell your stuff here, you can come hopefully meet, buy your books, meet some of your favorite creators, get them signed, maybe take a selfie with I them, think, whatever you want. Yeah, this would be, like, I'm hoping this is the the place that you get that opportunity to meet these comic creators. You get to chat with them a little bit. You don't get ushered along because the lines are too long and too busy. Um, and if you spend the day, okay, you got an autograph from your creator you wanted to meet, and you made a loop, and maybe they were free, and you got a chance to, to speak to them a little bit about your favorite creation of theirs. Yeah. Um, because I know, like, I, I did... Uh, fan expo in boston and in the artist alley there was great but i never ever got to a couple of the creators because mm-hmm. their lines were just so long i couldn't i couldn't go uh i did have a few great conversations here and there in the morning with some creators uh with like jay lee i got to to chat with him for quite a bit um but there was there was so many people that you didn't get that opportunity like there were there were comic sellers that i didn't really get to look at because their booth was set up in such a high traffic area that I couldn't get into it to take a look at stuff. Um, so this is your your old school show that you get to come and dig through bo- long boxes and short boxes and look for those books you want and talk to vendors and make connections. And um, I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't wait either. It's going to be so much fun. And it's possible. Basically, it's going to be simple. You buy a, a cheap, inexpensive ticket. The ticket will basically just get you in the building. So it allows us to pay for the building. Uh, to fly some of these people in and we have to fly in so on and so forth you'll have vendor tables there so you can shop for your comics you can meet your creators like we mentioned before get some signed like i said if you want to and they're a fan of them enough i'm sure they'll take a selfie with you so you can have that opportunity as well and hoping maybe one or two panels in there to talk about comics themselves not about what movie they're in so i, I in here again i want to preface this nothing wrong with comic book pop culture conventions that are out there your san diego's your new york's your if it's your jam like it's your jam yeah, hell yeah. However, if that's your thing, it's great. I, I'd like to start 
paying some respect and some honor to the people who created the things they're making these mass multi-million dollar movies from. And so that's my yeah. biggest thing too. And you go and you meet Robert Downey Jr. Awesome. Love him. Honestly, perfect casting for Iron Man. But 100%. what about the people who draw Iron Man? What about the people who, yeah. you know, some of these independent movies, you know, Empty Man by Cullen Bunn was a major motion picture. What about Cullen Bunn potentially coming? That would be fun to have him be yeah. there and the guy who actually created it, not the people who acted as the person in the movie. And that's my yeah. my biggest thing. The amount of times those people. I mean, Ed Brubaker didn't get anything yep. back for creating the Winter Soldier when the Winter yep. Soldier is now a major part of the MCU. Everyone knows. Um, and, and, they it, love and you it. get a picture, you pay 50 bucks, 100 bucks to get a picture with, with Sebastian Stan. Again, nothing against that. Right. He has a right to do that. That's I'm just awesome. saying it's nice but to potentially have someone. Yes. created this character for you? Yes, and drew it exactly. or wrote it and so on and so forth. So that's yeah. our hope. And I'm hoping to get a couple letters in there. The forgotten people in the comic book industry, in my opinion, is some of the letterers and maybe potential editor of a comic book or so on and so forth. So it's going to be fun. It's a one-day event, like a 10 to 6 one single day event here in Brewer, Maine. So if you live in the New England area, it's just a quick jaunt up here. For one day to do this, and, it could and, drive and, up ninety five, baby. Here you go, right? Do you a commercial for us now? Uh, so it'll be funny. <laughs> so you can uh, uh, updates with a galactic, galacticon comic show dot com is where you can find. Uh, right now, we just have a flyer up there for the event, so you can kind of like put it on your calendar, see at the date. But that's where you'll find yeah. new updates. It's, you can also follow us on social media. So you just type in galacticon uh, comic show on all your social medias they should be activated now so you can actually look at those and so on and so forth and, and get them out there and get some more information on there but yeah we're excited i'm sure galactic comics i'm willing to bet you you'll Thanks. find links on capes and tights and on galactic comics collectibles.com yep. and on our social media pages to find all this stuff um yes. and i want to update too we're going to make sure that you we're getting shout outs for vendors we have shout outs for the creators that are coming so that you know, everybody that's coming to this you can get a nice You'll know. There'll be a list of something. There'll be something yeah. out there telling you what's going to be coming to this thing. So we're not gonna. We're gonna. You're gonna know what to expect. And if it's not your yeah. thing, great, awesome. Go to other ones yeah. that are local it's areas and so on and so forth. Check out other conventions. It's great. But if this is your thing, hopefully we'll have a nice little niche market here to to to, to do this for. And again. Paul and I know there's no money in this. This is not for us to actually profit off. Of this. We're we're probably gonna end up no. losing money on this, but that's not. Say, what we're if here we don't for. lose money, it's a win. That's our goal. We we didn't yeah, start a we podcast can, to talk about comics even. and start a comic book shop to make a bunch of money. It's just so you already know that. No, no, no. I did. <laughs> if I did anybody not, knows that, I did not walk away from a diff circ manager position in a multi-billion yes. dollar corporation to open a comic store to get rich. Yes. Yeah. So, you, folks. But, but According to my oldest daughter, I did it for the fame. Yes. Which her definition of fame is. But it's funny. Gross. So one last thing is that the fact that I think that we went through this like ebb and flow of the comic book world where like we were forgotten people when we read comic books back in early 2000s in the 1990s because I was saying in the 90s my you know, before, childhood even before X-Men and all that stuff it was the like one of we were geeks and, and then the X-Men kind of gave us a little bit of a bump and people were like oh I think I can legitimize comic books a little bit more and then it dropped down a little bit more but then when 2008 happened and Iron Man started coming and the MCU and the Dark Knight and all those movies started coming out I think people were like so okay the pop culture is now a cool thing to be and I think it's great yeah. and I think we're still up there but I feel like now what's happening is the source material is starting to wane and that people are focused mostly on the movies Getting lost and i think yeah. that there's a spot for this and i think there's a lot of people out there who wish and we've talked to people personally and it's one of the reasons why we did this both from creators and from fans that they love to keep on doing these big conventions that's they make their money on these things but it'd yeah. be nice to do this one day thing where they can come in and meet fans who are specifically there because there's comics there not because they want to meet you know joe schmo they don't, from have, they don't have to pitch themselves to get you interested in it, the people yes. that are there are already interested in it. Yes, they, they probably know you. They probably want to be there and so on and so forth. So yeah. uh, June 8th, 2024, put that on your calendar if you live in the in New England area. And again, I'm throwing it out there. 
I'm going to say five people because I, I don't want to like not have any tickets here. But five people. First five people. <laughs> the That's entire state of Arizona randomly comes to Maine. The first five people who want to come to this convention and actually fly in because it's also people who are like, I live locally. I just came on vacation. You know, like my family lives here. Yeah. If you fly in, we'll give you a free ticket. Look have at that. Time. So check us out. Hello at capesandtights.com or collect comics. Bang. BGR at gmail.com. At gmail.com or right on the website. Yeah. Yes. We got a link right there too. Awesome. Great. Watch Killer Clowns. Watch horror movies right now. Happy Halloween. Love to Killer everybody. Clowns. Uh, and we're getting into the Christmas season here pretty soon, too. So it's just pretty cool. Um, I was drinking that, peppermint so. mocha coffee my wife made this morning because she's already in the Christmas mood. We haven't even gotten I burped peppermint this morning. Does that make sense? Because I was taking my fish oil and they use peppermint <laughs> extract in there to help your burps not taste like fish. So every time I burp now, I taste like I eat a thin mint. Awesome. You know what? I'll take that over the fish taste. <laughs> yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> yes. And those things are like, the sides are a freaking Oh, yeah, they're Oreo. horse pills. Yeah, I, I got um, those too. But yeah, Welcome so awesome. to your 40s, folks. <laughs> I'm not even in my 40s yet. Screw you. Yeah, um, you just I'm basically there. My body of a 40-year-old now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, so check that out. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Two and a half stars round or uh, average between the two of us. Looking forward to that. Next, we have Batman Returns. For, for I cannot Christmas wait. So, we'll, I we'll cannot do that wait. Next. We're excited for that. I, so, I've got to go through this. This is another one. I'll have to watch and try to really look at the movie and not just watch it from the fact that I was dacked yes. out in Batman Returns stuff from head to toe as a yes. kid in the 90s. And then in January of 2024 comes Generation X. God. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. I really appreciate you coming on, Paul, and doing this. Galactic Comics and collectibles.com. Uh, social media, obviously find them on social media and visit yep. him if you were in Bangor, Maine or the area, 547 Hammond Street in Bangor, Maine. As always, Paul's gracious enough to come on here and, and deal with my shit. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, and again, watch some of these movies. Capesandtights.com slash horror week is where you can find all the information about our horror week. And then obviously every Wednesday we release a new podcast episode. So check all those out. Uh, I believe next week's episode features Mike Henderson, who is the artist on The Forge and our one of our favorites. And one you should read this this Halloween season is Oh God, you must read. No better. So thanks, Paul. Thanks, Justin.